Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Speedway Show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever in the world you are. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I am going to talk about a topic that I actually is kind of near and dear to my heart. I am, uh, for those of you who have uh, checked out my bio on Speedway.com or who have uh, listened to some of these shows in the past, you might know that I happen to be a lawyer by trade. And um, as a lawyer, there are certain things that I tend to be passionate about because it's my, not just because it's my um, profession, but also because I have been on the other side and I have been able to see what happens when people don't do certain things. Today, our topic is where there's a will. Now, I am sure you have heard the rest of the saying, where there's a will, there's a way. Well, that's certainly true. But today, I'm going to suggest to you that where there's a will, there is more peace. I am talking about estate planning and why you, yes, you should have a will. According to a poll cited in by ABC News, only 50% of Americans who were surveyed actually had a will. Now, my suspicion is it's probably an even smaller number uh, of those people because 50% probably means that those are people who at some point or another, they put together a will. If you ask how many of those people have looked at their will in the past year, I'm going to bet that the number is smaller than that. And if you ask how many people are really being honest about having a will, I'm going to bet the number is even smaller than that. But let's go with the 50% number anyway. What that means is that you listening to me, there is a 50% chance that you might not have a will. If you have one and you haven't looked at it lately, I want to give you, take some time, to give you tips and things to think about. And if you have looked at your will, then I would suggest that the next time you look at it, that you consider some of the things that I'm going to share in the next three weeks about wills. And we're not going to just talk about wills. We're going to talk about wills. We're going to talk about trusts. 
And we're going to talk about powers of attorney and advanced directives. So by the time we're done, you will know all the basics that you should be thinking about when you're thinking about your estate. This show, we're just going to focus on why. Why do you need it? Now, you might be thinking, you know, isn't that just rich people? I'm not sure if I even have enough stuff to need a will. I'm going to tell you this. If you are old enough to be listening to me right now, you are old enough to have a will. If you own any assets at all, you own a house, you have a car, you have a life insurance policy, you have stuff, you should have a will. If you have some liabilities, you've got a mortgage associated with that house, you have a uh, bank account, but you have a car note attached to that car. You have a uh, secured, interested party who has a note on your Harley-Davidson motorcycle. You should have. We're going to focus on all the reasons why you should have a will. Because, um, you know, this is the hardest thing for a lot of people to overcome. Just the why. And even though we're going to talk about a topic that's not that much fun when you really think about it, I'm going to give you some entertaining facts and uh, some examples of people that you will have heard of who did not have wills, and they will give you at least reason to chuckle. And what I want you to think about as you're doing all this chuckling is you're going to be smarter than they were. And these are some wealthy, famous, powerful people that you would think ought to have known better somehow didn't. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let us start with my very first uh, comfort of bad estate planning, This is Tupac Shakur. Remember Tupac? There are some people who think Tupac is still alive and wandering around the streets of somewhere. But anyway, renowned rapper who also acted in some movies, Tupac, unfortunately, was shot in 1996 after leaving a Mike Tyson fight in Las Vegas. Because he did not have a will, his father, whom... He said he never had a relationship with and was estranged from and didn't seem to really care about, turned up and was ready to lay claim to part of Tupac's estate. Now, Tupac said in some of his interviews that he talked about, he sang about and he rapped about things from his life. One of his songs is called Papa's Song. And I remember listening to this when he was still alive and I was just so sad because of, you know, the things that he said about what life was like because his dad was not in his life and in his mom's life and how difficult things were. And it was sad not just because what you recognized was that that wasn't just Tupac's life, but that was the life of so many other people who grew up without dad in the household. So I'm going to play you just a short clip of the kinds of things that Tupac said in this song called Papa's Song about what life was like without his dad. Mom's had to entertain many men. Didn't want to do it, but it's time to pay the rent again. I'm getting a 
Bach had to say about his dad in one of his songs. Now, not very positive things about his dad, as you can hear. And, you know, I, I wasn't a huge, avid follower of Tupac's music. I liked some of his stuff, but frankly, um, I didn't care very much for a lot of the language. So I, you know, uh, and some of the stuff I just couldn't relate to. So I, I listened to here and there. But, um, you know, I, I, I just never heard him say, anytime he talked about his dad, I just never heard him say anything positive about his dad. And um, so he dies, and here comes this dad that he has said all these negative things about. He wasn't there for him. He wasn't in his life. He ditched them. Uh, he ditched Tupac and his mom, evidently, when uh, Tupac was really young. And Tupac felt all of these reverberations from the absence of the dad in his life growing up. And so here, this is the guy who now declares that he should be entitled to some of Tupac's estate, millions and millions of dollars worth, now that his son is dead. How horrible is that? So I'm thinking poor old Tupac would be turning over in his grave had he realized that because he died without putting together a will, it gave his father the avenue to show up after his death and lay claim to an estate that Tupac would have probably much preferred went in its entirety to his mama. Now, why would that happen? It would happen because there are laws in every state in the United States, and to my knowledge, there are laws in every country that say what happens to your property if you die without a will. And one of the things that happens is there is usually some progression. So if you die without a will and you are married and you have children, there is some decision that the state is going to make, and the property may go, you know, most of it may go to your spouse, and part of it may go to your kids. So in some states, for example, a third of your estate might go to your surviving spouse, and the other two-thirds might be divided amongst your children. If you are not legally married, then part of your estate may go to your kids if you have any. If you don't have kids, then it may go to your parents, which is why in Tupac's case, his mom and dad might have been equal um, beneficiaries of his estate. If you don't have parents, then it may be to your siblings and, or maybe to your, you know, so, so it just kind of keeps going in the circle, going further and further away from your immediate family depending on who is left, who can inherit your estate. Now, so that was Tupac. Um, had he had a will and he wanted all of his estate to go to his mom, to go to his friends, to go to his whomever, he could have simply said that, and that's exactly where that property would have probably gone. Um, not only did Tupac have uh, a shyster father who turned up after the fact laying claim to his estate, but then his mom then had to get into a fight with Suge Knight and Death Row Records because she wanted Tupac's recordings, and the record label included 
all of the, the recordings that they had in Death Row Records' bankruptcy estate. So that was another fight. And had he taken care of all of that stuff before he died, it wouldn't have been such a mess. Okay? And just in case you're thinking to yourself, well, I sure ain't Tupac, and I sure don't have that kind of money, let me tell you. By the way, estranged family members don't just show up when famous people die. Oh, no. Some of you may have witnessed this in the past in your family relationships and certain dynamics. Because actually, what happens is oftentimes you will have family members who show up whenever somebody dies. And it doesn't matter that you weren't famous. It doesn't matter that you didn't have anything. They just turn up. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I know um, that I've known my uncle so-and-so or I've known my dad all his life and I've never heard of auntie so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, cousin such-and-such. And I have never heard of them, and yet here they are laying claim. Oh, yes, I love my brother so much. Oh, yes, I love my dad so much. Oh, yes, I love my whatever. And you're just like, who in the world are these people? They show up no matter who you are. So that is one of the things to remember. But let's keep looking at people who died without wills and left a big mess behind. Musical icon Jimi Hendrix died in 1970, but the fight over his estate lasted over 30 years because he didn't have a will. 25 years after his death, his estate was valued at $80 million. Another culprit, Bob Marley. We all know Bob Marley loved him to bits. Bob Marley had cancer. He knew he had cancer. For eight months he had cancer. He had eight months before he died, and he still did not draft a will. So you can imagine the fight that broke out over his $30 million estate when he died. Do you know who Salvatore Philip is? Maybe not, but I bet you know his stage name. Sonny Bono. After Mr. Bono smacked into a tree in a skiing accident and died in 1998, not only did his widow, Mary Bono, show up at the courthouse steps, but so did his ex-wife, Cher. Both of them ended up there along with a live child who turned up to add to the fun. So what a mess that was sorting through, right? All because the man didn't have a will where he clearly set out, this is what I want, this is who's going to get my stuff, and so everybody turns up and they're all fighting for his estate. Pablo Picasso, I told you there'd be some wealthy, rich, and famous people. Pablo Picasso, famous painter, renowned, worth a ton of money, millions of dollars, not only during the course of his life, but after his death. He died in 1973 at the age of 91, leaving behind hundreds of millions of dollars in hundreds of pieces of artwork. He had five homes. He had cash. He had gold. He had bonds. And how amazing is that? Guess how much of that he left behind? All of it. And because he died in testate, which is what we call it when somebody dies without a will, it took six years of lawsuits and arguing and fighting to settle 
his estate at a cost of $30 million. Wow! That was just what it cost to settle this estate. So you know who's laughing all the way to the bank? The lawyers. As one of the, the, those lawyers, I will tell you, and I'm not saying I was involved in Mr. Picasso's estate. I'm just saying I am one of the lawyers who has been involved when there's a huge feud over somebody's estate because they have died. And what I can tell you is that a lot of the money that lawyers make in situations like this ends up being because of all the fighting that's going on amongst the family members. Now, you have to think, if you can spend $30 million fighting over the settlement of this estate, how much better off would the heirs have been if they could have just agreed and spent that $30 million just dividing it amongst themselves? Go figure. So in the end, Picasso's money what was left after the $30 million, and there was a lot still, was divided evenly amongst his six heirs. They could have just agreed at the outset. Anyway, sometimes a person, like a Picasso, for example, generates a lot of money, in fact, sometimes more money after they die, and having purely designated heirs helps eliminate years or even decades of future battles. Obvious examples who have continued to generate money after their deaths include Elvis Presley, right? Tupac, who has had blockbuster number one albums that were released after he died. Michael Jackson, whose estate generated over $242 million in the year after he died. And Steve Larson. Now, you might be thinking, I know about the other three, but who on earth is Stieg Larson? Do you know who Stieg Larson is? Okay. I hear the cricket, so maybe you don't know who he is. He is the Swedish author who wrote the book that was turned into a movie entitled The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now, you might be thinking, oh, that fella. Yeah, that guy. He also wrote The Girl Who Played With Fire and The Girl Who Kicked the the Hornet's Nest. Sadly, did you know that Mr. Larson died before the books were published? So all the royalties for the movie, for the books, have come since his death. Now, as I said, as far as I know, every state and country has laws that dictate what happens to a person's estate if they die without a will. Different states and countries have strikingly different provisions about how that works. That doesn't sound bad until you consider all the close relationships that a person can have that are not legally recognized. For example, Mr. Larson, he didn't have a legally wedded wife, but he did have a life partner, a woman he had lived with for over 30 years, a woman who had undoubtedly helped him and supported him through the writing of those books that made all of that money after he died. Imagine how she felt when she realized that his estate was actually going to go to his father and his brother, And unless they chose to give her something, under the law she was entitled to nothing because guess what? She was not legally married to him. Now, all those of you who are sitting with your wealthy, you know, sugar daddies and sugar mamas and just sitting there thinking, ooh, I got it made, 
Just know that if your sugar daddy, your sugar mama, your life partner, if they die without a will, you are out. So that was the unfortunate position that Ms. Larson's, um, we would call her a common law wife in the United States. It's somebody who you hold out as your spouse. You're, you're living like you're married. I mean, anybody who's been together for 30 years, that's a spouse. It may not be legally recognized, but that is a spouse. Um, so unless the brother and the father gave her something, she'd have nothing. And actually what they ended up giving her was, as far as my research, my research has shown, they gave her the apartment that she lived in with uh, Mr. Larson. I'm not sure what she got by way of proceeds for the books, etc., but, you know, that would, um, I think if that were me, I'd think, well, this is kind of a bum deal. And I might be just kind of disappointed. So on to the next. You might be thinking, ah, that's the way. I am so young. I've got time. Maybe when I'm older, I'll think about such things. Steve McNair, former Tennessee Titans quarterback who had an impressive 13-year career as a professional football player, had it all. He certainly was not expecting to die anytime soon. But surprise, surprise, he was shot to death by a woman widely believed to have been his girlfriend, and then she committed suicide after she killed him. He was only 36, a bit of a scandal since he was married at the time. Tupac, when he was shot dead, he was 25. When Marilyn Monroe supposedly killed herself by overdosing, she was 36. River Phoenix was 23. James Dean was 24. Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, died in an accident on a film set. He was 28. Chiwaniso Maraire, renowned Zimbabwean musician, recently died at age 37. Brenda Fassi, South African musician known the world over, was 39. Lucky Dube, another very successful South African music, uh, musician, was the victim of a carjacking and shot dead at the tender age of 43. Okay, so uh, a lot of those people are younger than me now. I'm choosing famous performers that you've heard of. But for everyone, there are millions around the world we don't hear about. So don't procrastinate. Get a will and do it today. Howard Hughes was an American business magnate, investor, aviator, aerospace engineer, filmmaker, and philanthropist. He was one of the wealthiest people in the world. He died in 1976 at the age of 70, leaving behind a billion-dollar estate. When he died, a handwritten will turned up at the headquarters of the Mormon Church in Salt Lake City. It was proved later to be a forgery. And his estate ended up being divided amongst his 22 cousins. It's starting, it should start to take shape. The primary reason you should have a will is to designate what happens to your property after you die. Why should you care? Because the people you love and the people you don't love and maybe some of the people you really dislike or hate will be left to sort out the mess 
after you're gone. And this could be an especially big problem with unfair results for the people you love. This is why I say, and that's why I say the title of the show is Where There's a Will, There Is More Peace for the People That You Leave Behind. Okay? Now, uh, let's look at another example. The need for a will doesn't just arise because you are rich and famous. In fact, I think it was Chris Rock who made this comment that I thought was so true. He said, if you're rich and you get divorced and your wife gets half of your $30 million estate, you can find a way to get by on the remaining $15 million. Now, it was a lot funnier when he said it. So I'm not trying to even paraphrase. I'm just giving you the point of, uh, that he was trying to make. So if you've got half of a $15 million estate left, you're okay. You can find a way to make ends meet on that. But if you only make $30,000 and your spouse takes half of that, you are really going to be hurting. Okay. And in some ways, having a will is a little bit like that. The less money you have, the less stuff you've got, the more you need to make sure you adequately protect the people you care about. Here's an example of an ordinary man. I'm just going to take my own father. Dr. Henry Vuso Moriana, love of my life, my father, my, my, my earthly father, an amazing man, highly accomplished, but an ordinary fella in the grand scheme of things. Being a lawyer who did estate work, I counseled my dad to have a will years before his death. In Zimbabwe, where I am from, there is African customary law. Now, basically, African customary law gives way to whatever is in the will, but it says, and I don't know if it's still exactly the same, but basically it said, and this is paraphrasing, a lady cannot be appointed as heir to her father's estate when there is a man in the family who is entitled to claim it. Well. <laughs> that means since my parents only had two daughters, me and my younger sister, my dad's estate would have had to pass to my male cousins. You might be thinking, well, what about my mom? Wouldn't she inherit my dad's estate as his surviving spouse? Well, if we were in the United States, it would not be an issue, but in Zimbabwe, a surviving spouse may be entitled to household goods and her husband's personal effects, but not to property that the deceased spouse inherited, I quote, from the, from the estate of an ancestor and which has particular sentimental value to any other person or persons who would have been entitled upon intestacy of the deceased spouse to the same interest in such property. That's a paraphrase from the 1997 Deceased Estates Succession Act. This is recent stuff, you guys. In my family, this mattered because when my dad died, he left behind Graceland. Graceland is a farm he had inherited from his father, my grandfather, Ruben Moyana. This farm is also critical to the Moyana lineage because it is home to the 
family cemetery. So that's where my dad's buried. It's where my uncle's buried. It's where my, some of my father's siblings are buried. It's where my uh, grandparents, my great-grandparents are buried. This is a big deal to the Moyana family. So essentially, under this law, my mother could not have inherited because she would not be in the male lineage of Moyanas, which means I could not have an interest in my father's estate. Go figure, okay? So my dad fortunately had a will, and frankly, had he died without a will, and the cousins would have taken title to the estate, you know, they're off in Canada, they're off in the UK, they're off doing other places. These are my first cousins. They weren't interested in inheriting my father's estate. They had their own stuff. But that's the way the law would have gone. So famous or not, everyone should have a will. It's simple to do. It saves your family a lot of money and headaches. Tupac was only 25 when he died. Steve McNair, 36. Uh, Michael Jackson was 50. You are never too young to plan ahead. Howard Hughes and all his billions of dollars and accomplishments, that shows us that you are never too powerful or too smart to have a will. Steve Larson and my dad show us that sometimes the laws can get in the way of what you might have chosen for your loved ones, and sometimes you might not even know what the law is that might apply in your situation. So you have to take care of your own estate. Abraham Lincoln, the United States 16th president, amazing man who, who enacted the 13th Amendment, saw the slaves freed under his administration, or at least some of them, saw the end of the American Civil War. He was the first president, unfortunately, to be assassinated back in 1865. Abraham Lincoln himself, a lawyer, by the way, did not have a will. He also goes down in history as the first president to die intestate. Part of what I want you to take away from today's episode is that if you don't have a will, <laughs> frankly, you are in very, very good company. The other thing, some of the wealthiest, most brilliant minds of our time have died without wills. You, yes, you can definitely do that. <laughs> Tune in next week when I'll be providing some tips on things to consider and traps to avoid when putting your will together. So think about it, spend some time, and I want you to go in peace until next week and get that will. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully and love deeply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.